Hey, this is Benjamin Wong, and you're listening to Kid CEO, the story of a startup. Recently, I was at a check-in session with some other young entrepreneurs at Genius U's Young Entrepreneur Academy. They were going through the 10 steps of creating your company or product, and the single biggest issue was that people couldn't find a team. It's very difficult to create a company all by yourself. Even as a kid, it's even more difficult. Now, at Confinity, we've assembled a wonderful team. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about how we were able to put together this team and how you all can too. So... I think not to flex, but the best part of having a team is that you can think of an idea and just tell everyone, you know, get it done, and it actually happens. And, like, this was the aha moment when we were doing the Fireflies, because Kid CEO, I had done all by myself. And so with Fireflies, I had this idea, and I communicated with Noah the idea, and next thing I know, there's, like, a professionally made episode. And it was a really amazing thing to watch. Basically, all your dreams come true and just happen right in front of you. Now, one of the most important things you learned at Genius U was the wealth dynamic system. Basically, how it works is it categorizes entrepreneurs and leaders in eight different ways. I am a star. So I generally shine bright. I'm good at creating and inspiring my, some of my strengths. Like I said, creativity. I'm outgoing, able to motivate and inspire. But my cons is that I'm often overpowering. And stars, not my words, their words, stars need a team. And stars are good at big thinking, leading the team. And I think Noah and I both agree on this a lot because I ask him all the time, am I overpowering in conversations? Or am I thinking too big picture? And he always, most of the time, says yes. And so I wanted to go through the other seven ones. And don't leave because it's very, very important in building your team and understanding what are your strengths and weaknesses. So I'm a star. Next is a creator. So creators are great at starting things, but... No offense, terrible at finishing them. So if they're at a company, they'll have 10 projects, but likely only one or two of them are going to actually get finished. Next, we have the supporter. And these people are great with other people. They make the best marketing people. They make the best press people. And then we have the deal maker, And they're good at connecting people. They're good at timing, and they're also blazes, which means they're people persons. Then we have the trader, and they always have their ear to the ground. Like, they'll know who made someone else mad, and they're the best at that. Then we have the accumulator, and they're the best at taking what you have and making it better. And they're the best researchers. Then we have lords, which is uh, Noah. I'll go into further detail about that. But lords are good at detail. They're not so good at creating things or talking to others. They're They're the introverts. Then we have the mechanic and opposite of creators. They're the best at completing things. Yet, they're also perfectionists. And they take longer, generally, to do basic things. And by the way, you guys can all take this test at Wealth Dynamics. This is not sponsored at all. But it's pretty important to know what type of entrepreneur you are to base the company around that. When we first started out, uh, Noah is our co-founder. And he is a lord. One time we were communicating with a reporter from Spectrum News 1 named Kristen Lago. And I was doing most of the communication, but Noah pointed out, 
Because I always put him in the email so he can see what I say. But I have like a million typos in everything I do. And I think she's a female and I accidentally called her Mr. Lago. And like, I'm not very good at the details. You can go to a website and you can probably find a couple typos. So that's why Noah works very well because he goes in behind me and cleans everything up. I think when we were working on our press kit, I sent it out. It said that we had like 139,000 Twitter mentions and like I didn't even know it was there. I didn't realize it. So next we have our audio editor, Talia, who is, by the way, editing this podcast right now. So, so everyone, say hi to Talia. And so where we needed an audio editor is when we were editing the Should We Open or Close States Kid CEO episode. And so if you guys don't know, I use an iPad to do almost everything. I, I don't have a laptop or a computer. I just have an iPad. And I do get in this argument a lot with my older sister because she has a computer. But anyways, the iPad, the best audio editing is GarageBand. And so GarageBand has a 400 measure limit. So I think the maximum is like 15 minutes maximum audio. And so obviously the open or close dates turned out to be 30-40 minutes. And so obviously at that point I couldn't really edit it. And it also got very frustrating because I'm not experienced with audio editing. And I would accidentally cut something or you'd hear these pop, like these random pops in the middle of the episodes. And it just got really annoying. I was in the school news, the PSN, our school news at Pioneer Junior High. And it was me and seven other people. The main person, um, who's probably no offense to the other seven, the best at the audio editing and video editing was a person named Talia Rahman. And we got along pretty well. I would say she's more introverted. I'm generally more extroverted, so we got along like that. And so, like I said, Talia is very good at audio editing. And she's a really chill, sarcastic person to work with. And she does good work. So we decided to bring her on because we just said, why not? And so we, we reached out to her and said, hey, Talia, uh, I'm doing an episode on this. I'm pretty sure you know about my podcast. Would you be interested in, you know, helping us out edit it? And she said, sure. So I sent it over. She edited it, got back to me, and it sounded great. And I think we were somewhere in Arizona when I called her up and said, hey, Talia, do you want to come work for the company? This is what we're doing. Would you be interested? And she said, yeah. And so, with connecting that to the wealth dynamics, Taya, though she hasn't officially taken the test, we are all pretty sure she's an accumulator. Like, even the word accumulator makes sense. She's good at taking our audio quality and making it, or taking our audio in general and making it a lot better. I mean, she's very, very similar to Noah. I think they're both introverts and they're both detail people. I'm not so general focused, more about the details. And another great thing about Taya is that she loves listening to the podcast as well. So in the first episode of Story of a Startup, I talked about why I don't like it when adults ask you, what do you want to be one day? Because that encourages you you to have like a general job. Like you're going to be an electrician or you're going to be a manufacturer. They're not like, when you say, I want to be an entrepreneur, you get laughed at. And so when Ty heard that while she was editing, um, it was really nice because that showed that she's actually listening to the entire episode. So next, moving on, we're going to Christopher Hartman, our studio producer. From the beginning, even before we even met, Chris had his own podcast. And he's a very ambitious person, uh, and he's very unique in that way. Unique, similar to me, Noah, and Talia, in in that he's willing to do a lot more with his childhood years than just watch TV all day. And Chris is very, very obviously a creator. He has like three, two podcasts. He's doing another one in partnership with us, and he's great at completing things. No offense to him, 
but he's not the best at always completing them, but he's is very good at ideas and very good at creating things. And he actually had another idea for a podcast, and we decided to partner with him because it seemed like a good idea. And so I'll update you guys in a future episode about what happens with that. But it should do pretty good. So while Talia and Chris turned out great, we did have one interview with someone, and on paper he looked amazing, but when it came down to it, we just didn't have a good gut feeling about him. So I'm not going to say his actual name because, like again, we didn't actually hire him, but we'll call him Ross. And so Ross, he was very qualified, he was a very, very good individual. He had plenty of ideas. We were bringing him in to be a project manager. So basically, he thinks of ideas and we make it happen and help grow the company. He's very similar to me. If you guys remember, in the first story of the startup episode, I kept talking about why I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And this guy, Ross, he wanted to be an entrepreneur just as bad. He wanted to be his own CEO. He wanted financial freedom. Uh, He wanted to leave a legacy. But he was one of those people that... Warren Buffett would call an outer scorecard. Inner scorecard don't care what others think and just do it for themselves, whereas outer scorecard care more about others' opinions than himself. Not no offense to him, of course, but I would say he is an outer scorecard. And he was very creative, he had great thinking. I remember there's one question about how much would he charge to wash every window in Los Angeles? And he had a very noble, a very thought out, um, very correct answer. But We just didn't have the great gut feeling, you know? He didn't have an X factor about him that made him stand out. With Talia, there was an X factor. With Chris, there was an X factor. With Noah, there's an X factor. And all of them felt right that they should be in the company. And at the end of the day, you really do have to trust your gut. Your gut is much better than any fundamental analysis you could do. So yeah, long story short, um, he was a great guy. Uh, I'm sure he'll do great things in life, but we did not end up hiring him for Confinity. So our final position, I'm not going to mention this girl's name. She's our new marketing director, but just because of some other complications and she didn't really want her name to be out there. But So I'll call her Emma. And I'm just saying that there's no correlation with her actual name. Emma is the most common girl's name, so I just went with that. Just a little disclaimer. And so Emma was a very, very close friend of mine. Like, we were very, very close. And I I had a good gut feeling about her. Not only because she was a friend. Just because I know that even though she might not be passionate on her own, if we're all really passionate about it, she will catch on naturally. And I think that's really what made us hire her. Emma is a supporter. And she's a great people person. She's a very friendly face uh, in interviews. And she's very good at connecting with, uh, with others. And she seemed like a perfect candidate for a marketing job. We brought her in originally just to see how it worked. But there were some complications because she had prior obligations, prior legal obligations that we had to work out. But eventually, we figured it all out. And now she does interviews for us left and right. She reaches out to new kid CEO guests. She finds fireflies. She interviews new candidates. And she's very, very, it turned out very well. So now we're going to talk about how you all can get your team. Because I have talked about the benefits of a team, but haven't really told how you guys are going to get the team. First, always go to your connections. Do you have a friend from school? Do you have a friend from a hobby? Maybe you're in a Dungeons & Dragons group, and you have a friend there who wants to do audio editing one day, and you want to do a podcast. You know, maybe something like that. 
next, you're going to post on social media. I can't tell you guys how easy it was for social media or for fighting Firefly's guests once Noah started posting out. Like, instead of having to reach out individually, Noah just post up a story that says, do you think we should have mail-in voting? Or, for example, do you think we should have mail-in voting, yes or no? And he pulls one debater from yes and one debater from no, and it's like a hundred times easier. So much better. Next, you have the Facebook mom groups. And I'm sure the strong majority of you have parents who have Facebook, and your moms are probably part of a Facebook group. I know my mom is part of the Claremont Facebook group, the Upton Facebook group, the uh, Rancho Facebook group. So my mom just posted up something that says, Hey, my son, Ben, is looking for a couple candidates for his company, Confinity. If anyone wants to apply, they can email me. And it's so easy and simple, and a great way to get furtherly involved with the community. Furtherly? I don't know if that's a word. And so when you talk to them, something I learned is always talk in terms of what they want. Never talk in terms of what you want. Like, if I want someone to give me their water bottle, I'm not going to tell them, give me your water bottle because I'm thirsty. I'm going to say, you know, sharing is a very good thing. If the entire world shared, we would have a better place. And that sounds cheesy, but it works. Tell them how good of an opportunity this is. Like, how often is it that a kid is offered a, a good experience and a good job? Also, it's fun. Like, why wouldn't they? Personally, I would rather work for a startup than play video games endlessly. And so just pitch them all of this, and I'm genuinely sure that, that someone will say yes. So now you have people who actually want to join the company. But then... How do you make sure they're a good candidate? Like, you don't want to go around giving people 10% of your company simply because you feel bad about saying no to them. And it also brings me to the point of how you're going to pay them, which I'll get into later. But the second they apply, always reach out to them via email, via text, Instagram, whatever, and bring them in for an interview. Because they're kids, always make sure they have a fun interview. At the end of every single meeting I've ever had with a potential candidate, I always have them rate us on how fun the questions were. And if they weren't fun, then we've been doing something wrong, right? I've learned that the most insightful questions are the most weird. I know I put together this list of 30 questions from examples from Amazon, from Google. And my mom told me that we sh- I shouldn't ask any of them except for, like, do you th- why do you think you're a good candidate? Because she just said that... Those are the most important. But no offense to my mom, she gives great advice, but I did not end up listening to that advice. Because I just felt the other questions were just better, and they, they got me able to know the person a lot closer. I'll go through some of them now if you want to steal them, but for any potential job candidate, if you listen this far in the episode, then you have a little free pass. It's not that... These would be like a spoiler alert or like a cheat code um, in the interview. But continuing on, our first fun question is what superpower would you have? Invisibility or the ability to fly? Invisibility, this is a really, really simple question. Because if they choose invisible, that means they like working in behind-the-scenes roles. These are the audio editors. These are the, the numbers people. And if they say flying, they like being in the spotlight. These are the podcast hosts. These are the marketing people. One of the other questions that I ask is, what do you think of garden gnomes? And I always say, like, this is the biggest question. If you miss this question, you're done. And I say, what do you think of garden gnomes? 
When you work with these people every single day for hours at a time, you want to make sure you like working with them. If you're some uptight person, you're obviously not going to enjoy their work, and they're not going to enjoy their work. With the garden home question, we make sure these people are nice and chill, that they can have a laugh, they're not so serious. And so, Chris was talking about how his grandma had garden gnomes. Someone else, I don't remember interviewing, talked about how he was like scared of them. I don't know. Next, we have what animal would you be? And have them explain why. Chris said he wanted to be a turtle because he could go from place to place and leave behind something, like eggs. Another one was, what would you do if I gave you an elephant, but you couldn't give it away or sell it? And that's another good answer. You really want to get to know the person during this entire interview. Don't make it as, are they qualified? Make it as, would you like to work with them? Qualified is, should be the last question you ask yourself. And, you know, you want to make sure that you love your job and they love the job. So even if they strike 10 on every category, if they don't seem very passionate about it, then they're done. Lastly, make sure you share similar values. I read the book Delivering Happiness by, by Tony Shea from Zappos, and they made sure that all their employees and can, job candidates were very strong to the company's own culture. Our values are embrace and drive change, work smart and play hard, quality before quantity, and that passion leads to ambition. And we have it all up on our website, kidfinity.co slash opportunities. You know, make sure they share those values with you. If someone goes up to us, he wants to do 30 projects, but he wants all the projects to be terrible, not that someone would do that, but then obviously we have completely opposite values. So they don't just need to be good at the job, they have to share the similar values, they have to be passionate. I think one of our other employees was, when I was reaching out to them, they were like, I'm not qualified, I don't don't even know what to do in this job. And I said, we can teach you everything, but we can't teach you passion. And so we hire based on their passion, not based on their skill. And once you have the employees, how are you going to pay them? And I did not take any notes on this, I'm doing this completely freehand, by the way. What we do is instead of paying them a salary because we don't make that much money, we give them a percentage of the profits of their projects. So Chris, whenever he makes a podcast, we give him a percentage of the profits. Uh, Talia, whenever she edits, we give her a percentage of that episode's ad revenue. And, you know, that's a way, it's a great way to encourage them. It's a great way to pay them and reward them, but not having to spend too much of her own budget. Once you have them too, make sure you keep that company culture up. I I think to be completely transparent, that's one thing that we're lacking at Kfinity, company culture, which is ironic because that was the number one thing we were thinking of when we created the company. So make sure you have team meetings, make sure you have time to talk to them. Just earlier today, I had a nice conversation with Chris, um, and it was nice. You want to make sure the people you work with are your friends more than anything. So that should be it for this episode. If you have any questions, like always, you can DM me on Instagram at officialbenjaminwong. I'll make sure to always reply. You can email me, ben at kidfinity.co, and just reach out to me if you have any questions. So that's it, and I'll see you all next week. Bye. Thanks so much to Nova Golder, our episode advisor, and Talia Rahman, our audio engineer. And thanks so much to you all for listening. If you like what you're hearing or have any feedback for me, please consider giving us a review on Apple Podcasts or even consider subscribing. Thanks so much and have a productive and innovative week.